Welcome to BSD Talk number 148. It's Thursday, the 1st of May, 2008. In the news, OpenBSD 4.3 is out, so go check it out. Also, I'm looking forward to seeing everyone at BSD CAN in Ottawa this month. It's only a few weeks away, and I can't wait to go up there for a visit. All right, now on to the interview. Today on BSD Talk, we're speaking with Jeremy White. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. So could you start by telling us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Sure. Um, I'm the founder and CEO of Codeweavers, and we are the company behind the wine project. So our goal is to uh, finish and complete the vision of the wine project so that you can run pretty much any Windows application on a Unix-like operating system. And uh, we provide sort of services and products around that mission um, our crossover product line is basically a polished and uh, su- well-supported version of wine. So is this one of these situations where there's a commercial product and the improvements work their way into the source code of the open source project? Actually, we work the opposite way, which is that we do all of our work in wine. So we contribute everything we do to wine first, and then we essentially stabilize and polish wine around sort of a, a slightly more limited feature set so that, you know, for example, Microsoft Office works reliably or, you know, maybe World of Warcraft works reliably. Sort of the idea that we're sort of the stable. You know, wine is kind of the, the unstable in Debian parlance, if you will. And we're the polished and supported guys. And how is this different from something like an emulator or just rewriting code? Well, of course, you know, wine stands for wine is not an emulator. So we're, uh, we're sort of touchy that it's different. We... Uh, it's a little bit hard to explain the difference, but Wine is a complete ground-up re-implementation of the Windows API. So we're not emulating Windows. We've completely rewritten Windows, if you will. Um, whereas if you look at something like a VMware or a Zen or one of those, they're emulating a PC and then you install Windows. So we feel that our approach is superior. You know, It's superior in that you're not using Windows. You don't have to install Windows. You're just running the application. Um, it's better from a performance standpoint. It's sort of it's better from the the way it feels. It's just integrated right into your desktop environment. But of course, you know, I'm I'm highly biased. I'm a wine guy. Yeah, and I've I've had success running Notepad EXE on wine. Um, <laughs> although I've I've never spent too much time trying to get Microsoft Office or other products working. But it, obviously, that's you know some of the main reason for it getting these big productivity apps running. How successful have you been in getting the different versions of Microsoft Office working? Well, Microsoft Office is essentially our flagship. Um, It's what we started with, uh, gosh, it's going on six years ago now. And we feel fairly good about our support for Office 2003. We're about to come out with support for Office 2007, so that will hopefully make us current, uh, at least least for the time. And Office 2003 and and really all the offices are really pretty robust. We we feel very good about their broad functionality. Um, Unfortunately, they're not perfect. Um, Outlook in particular is not yet as robust as I would like it, although we're working very, very hard on that. But by and large, you know, if you need to run Excel to open a spreadsheet, by gosh, you can do that. And another major important reason for all of this, probably some people would say the most important reason, is games. 
Right. And so what kinds of games are capable of running on this? I'm sure that games exercise an operating system in a much different way than an office suite. Actually, it's, it's one of those beautiful things that games are actually a much simpler problem than, say, Outlook. I mean, I'd far rather support any 10 games you name than support Outlook because the games tend to, you know, they, they use just the DirectX interface. They tend to be, you know, simple is better. So they have fairly simple structures and try not to get too complicated and fancy. So there's actually quite a lot of games that work. We tend to focus on the ones that we think have high replayability. Uh, so, you know, your World of Warcraft, your EVE, your Guild Wars, your uh, Team Fortress 2, and all of the Steam games. Where we run into some barriers are when you get into fancy copy protection systems, particularly on CD copy protection. So while we've, we've done a lot of work to try to make some of that work, there are others that don't. So one of the things we've done is we've spent a lot of energy focusing on Steam because Steam kind of gets rid of the whole CD copy protection. And so we're, we're pretty excited that we're running an awful lot of the games you can get through the Steam, the, the Valve power, the Steam-powered interface. Um, so that's even you know, Civ 4 and Peggle Extreme. And so there's really quite a lot we're running, and we're pretty tickled about that, to tell you the truth. So, sadly, I actually can't play these games because I get motion sickness. So, I, I don't get to play the first-person shooters. I'm, I'm uh, the tragedy of my life. I uh, have to stick with Civ Four and older, simpler games because otherwise I vomit all over the place and nobody likes that. Are these only DirectX 9 games or are you supporting the newer DirectX 10? It's, it's only through DirectX 9. Um, we, haven't, we haven't seen any major titles that are DirectX 10 only. The bulk of the major titles are both you know, DirectX 9, maybe with some DirectX 10 extensions. Is the work that you're doing to get these programs running, is it a matter of fixing bugs in Wine, or is it a matter of re-implementing bugs in Windows? It's almost always fixing a bug in Wine. Um, I mean, we, we do certainly joke about being bug-for-bug bug compatible with Windows, but, but the honest truth is that it's a bug in Wine, and we, we you know, have to find and fix it, and that's... A lot, sometimes, eh, that's not entirely fair, particularly when we talk about games, we have a lot of frustrations with video drivers, you know, particularly uh, the ATI drivers are just a, very hard to work with sometimes. Um, sometimes we have some challenges because we map DirectX to OpenGL and that mapping isn't as clean as we'd like it to be. But by and large, it's, it's one of our bugs in, in our code and it's just a matter of finding and fixing it. I can imagine that gamers are a critical audience. They pay attention to frame rates and screen resolution and performance in general. How good is your performance when running these games online? Well, actually, that's one of the good points is that the performance is quite good. I mean, we don't claim – one of my very important bugaboos is I don't like to claim support for anything or I don't like to state that something is usable until I really think it really is usable. And that means I won't – say that Team Fortress 2 runs until I know that real people have played real death matches and had fun fragging people. And that means that the frame rates have got to be in the green. You know, it can't be, uh, you know, that, that, oh, sure, it's running, but it's three frames every sec or, you know, one frame every three seconds. Now, with that said, you know, we're not going to be, you know, the drivers for Linux aren't as optimized as the drivers for Windows. We are mapping DirectX to OpenGL. So you're not looking at, you know, 99% speed. You're probably looking at maybe 70%. But even at that, on good hardware, it's quite playable and you don't have to reboot, which is awfully nice. I guess that leads into another question. You know, you don't have to reboot, which means you don't need Windows. But if I've spent a couple hundred dollars 
on Office, and I've spent a couple hundred dollars on various games, and maybe even spent some money on your commercial crossover products. What's the selling point? You know, why why not just drop another couple hundred on Windows? Well, because you know you don't want to run Windows. I mean, you don't want to install it. You don't want to give up a partition to it. You don't want to give up you know half a gig of RAM to it. You don't want to be installing antivirus and all that junk. You don't really want Windows. You just want to run your applications, and that's what we do. Just run the applications. And that's what's so much more beautiful about Crossover and Wine. You know, and obviously, if you've got an application that we don't support, then, you know, obviously our preference would be you come help us and help us to get it going. But, you know, I understand people got to solve these real problems in real time. And so maybe then you go get a get a copy of Windows. But, uh, but we like to say that you should try us first. Because if we do run your application, boy, it's so much nicer. And obviously... A lot of your success has been in the Linux world, mm-hmm. but recently you've moved to a new platform, which is the reason for this call today. So could you describe your move to the BSDs? Sure, um, and I, uh, I'll be very candid about it. It's, it's, we've you know, long had a lot of requests for support for the BSDs, and we've always looked at it and felt that the market really didn't justify it um there was quite a bit of work required to make wine run well on on bsd and bsd has matured quite a bit in the last few years we we took a look at this first oh i don't know maybe three years ago we we dropped free bsd and tried to build a version and and really didn't feel that the amount of work justified it but lately uh, there's a lot of great folks in the bsd community that have done several things first of all they've done work on wine and so independent without our having to do it this is the great thing about open source wine on bsd you know we work on wine as a whole but the bsd specific pieces has really gotten better it's still got a ways to go but it's really gotten better um so that meant that we had the opportunity it was suddenly you know i went and spent an afternoon compiling and gosh look at that crossover compiles and works on bsd so suddenly it it was possible to do a bsd build without spending weeks and weeks and weeks of engineering and then a lot of the folks in the um, in, in the BSD community asked in a real nice way, um, you know, could we uh, <laughs> could we do a port? And you know, and and everyone asked so very nicely that you know, and you don't want to be kind of the no, 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 you're not big enough market share because of course, if you're a Linux guy, that's like the pot calling the kettle black, right? So felt they would give it a try and see how it went. So that's what brought about the BSD version was we were asked nicely and it was easy. So we did it. And at this point, is it just in beta or is it ready to go? It's really, it, it's even worse than beta. And, and I'm afraid it's, we're calling it an unsupported build. Um, we don't have the infrastructure in place to support it. So we're providing it, you know, we're doing some minimal testing. We've got some folks that have done some testing and there are known issues with wine and BSD. So we know it's not as at, quite at parity with the Linux product. So it's certainly ready to go in that regard and we're doing our level best, but we, we do not yet have the ability to commit uh, a lot of resources to cleanly and clearly directly supporting BSD. And is this only on FreeBSD at this point? It's my understanding. It works on FreeBSD or P- PCBSD and works fairly cleanly on those. Uh, with FreeBSD six, there's a patch you have to apply in order to make it work. I haven't had any experience or any reports from any of the other BSDs. Have you tried the product on PCBSD? I've done it. I've run it on PCBSD. That's the only thing we've we've done a, our development on PCBSD and our uh, you know that's where we've done some testing, basic testing. 
And what are your, well, maybe favorite is the wrong question to ask, but what are the most common applications that you would run on wine? I mean, we actually kind of try to eat our own dog food. So I run all of the office applications, the office suites. I actually use Outlook, as horrifying as that I'm sure is to everyone. And I also run, you know, I'll, I'll play Civilization Four for when I'm doing my beta testing there. And that's really pretty much what I run. I, I'm, I'm hoping someday to get the uh, Netflix movie player working, but it's not quite there yet. I must say, it's a great thing about working for crossover games. You get to play games and call it work. That's right. That's exactly right. I, I had great fun the other day going around and ordering everybody to play games. That's a, a rare thing you get to do at, uh, at work. If someone wants to purchase crossover games or crossover office for the BSDs, what are their options at this point? Well, so well, the mechanism we're providing for that is if you buy a copy of Crossover for Linux, we will make available the the BSD build as an unsupported build. So we're not so it's not a directly supported or direct product you can buy, but we're we're making it available. So and right now that's true for Crossover Linux. Uh, I'm sorry for Crossover Games for Linux, and we will when we release Crossover Linux 7.0, we will do the same thing with the regular Crossover. So in other words, today we're we're providing the games build, and as soon as we can, we'll be providing the Office build. And what kind of support do you normally provide to your Linux folks that may eventually come to BSD? Well, so normally we're very I'm very proud of our support. We're very aggressive and very responsive. We try to respond to people very rapidly. It's tricky in the Unix world because uh, Unix guys have so many very different configurations. And in the Linux world, there's so many different distros. There's not quite as many BSDs as there are Linux distros, but you know the drill, you know the pain. But despite that, we do our best to you know respond to every support request and solve those that we can and triage those that we can't so that we do eventually get them solved. I mean, after all, you know, bugs are kind of our our in queue, if you will. You know, that's that's our our bread and butter. And then uh, we sort of have a whole environment around our, our problem reporting and our bug tracking and our compatibility center that allows us to try to amalgamate a priority sense so we can kind of try to learn what our customers really need so that we can work on those things first. And if the BSD people want to do something to help out to make this a, a successful product, what are some of the things that they can do? Well, so what, what I've done is I've thrown down a challenge to the BSD folks because you know, I, to be brutally honest, have long held that the business opportunity for code weavers and BSD is really not a ju- doesn't justify a lot of effort there. And so I've said, you know, any customer that buys crossover can vote. We have a, our compatibility center where they can vote, and those votes are very easy to game. And if you get to the top of the votes, then we'll pay a lot of attention. And right now, we've had ten people. You know, it's essentially $400, so we've had 10 people buy a copy of Crossover and then vote for the BSD. And unfortunately, $400 is not a compelling amount as of yet, but um, there's always the opportunity that folks can do that. And of course, the other opportunity is to work on wine. There's a great wiki page that tells how to do troubleshooting and development on wine for uh, BSD. And uh, the more people do there, you know, the better Crossover for BSD will be, and also wine for BSD will get better as well. All right. Well, are there any other topics that you wanted to talk about today? I think you've pretty much covered everything. I uh, appreciate the interest. All right. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me. Sure. Thanks again. If you'd like to leave comments on the website or reach the show archives, you can find them at bsdtalk.blogspot.com. And if you'd like to send me an email, you can reach me at bitgeist at yahoo.com. That's B-I-T-G-E-I-S-T at yahoo.com. Thank you for listening. This has been BSD Talk number 148.